everyone. Good morning or afternoon or whatever time it is that you happen to be listening to this because it's not live. Uh, this is the Living in Truth podcast with Panoplia. We are Panoplia. I'm Caleb. I'm Tabitha. And uh, we are excited to bring you another topic, uh, podcast about a topic, I should say. Uh, this one is a big one. We're talking all about love. Uh, what love actually means in our society and how people are misusing the term love to get their own agendas in uh, and our thoughts on some of that. So Tabitha, I'm going to let you kind of take it away to explain the concept a little better than I can. Right. So um, I'm going to start with a disclaimer. I feel like um, we will be touching on some political concepts in the podcast today and just some societal things that we have seen and want to speak against. Um so be warned, we, are, we do um, identify as conservatives, yep. um, and that should be a really good precursor for yeah. you to know where, where we're, we're going to stand yeah. on topics. Which um, it's, it's fine to disagree with us on some things, but if you have a problem with any of the biblical principles that we bring up in this discussion, may I suggest you go back and listen to episode five, Are You Idolizing Politics? Then think about it and then come and tune into this episode again. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you disagree with us, we uh, we still encourage you to listen and we'd love to hear feedback on why yeah. and have a discussion with you. You know, I think um, the beautiful thing about life is that we should be able to have simple discussions about stuff, but unfortunately our society has moved away from being able to have um simple discussions so i guess to the precursor to this topic um i have i i really love matt marr um as a worship leader he as many of you know i can't come from a catholic background and he is probably one of the only probably the only um well-known contemporary worship leader that identifies as a catholic um, I can't think of any other ones, not at least in the mainstream. Right. I mean, I'm sure there are contemporary Catholic worship leaders around the world. Um, you being one of them. But, uh, you know, he's made it big and he sticks strongly to Catholicism in doing so. And I respect that. Um, and I think in keeping that in mind, his music sounds so drastically different than the typical worship music that you hear nowadays. And I think a lot of that does have to do with his Catholic background and just the different atmosphere that Catholic Church has over um, other churches. Not that it's better than any right. other. I think all churches are equal as long as we all believe God in God and Jesus, you know. <laughs> um, well, and some other things. But um, so we were, we're um, practicing the song Least of These for our small group tonight. Um, and if, you, if you haven't heard it, go ahead and pause it and listen to yeah. it wherever you're listening to this. Least of These by Matt Maher. It's, it's such a beautiful picture of the gospel, um, just painted in a whole new light. Um, I didn't get it at first, but upon further reflection, it is so good. Yeah, so, um, you know, it talks a lot about... Um, let, you want to just sing the chorus? Yeah, I'll I'll just I'll just sing it. Beware. Uh, <coughs> okay, let me get my interface to where it is when we normally record because, as you might know, we do record some music things. <laughs> Shameless plug. Okay. When love became a refugee, he became my refuge. When love became a prisoner, he set me free. 
The widow and the orphan became the bride and children when he stole my heart between two thieves. That's when love became the least of these. I think that's the first time we've had a musical number in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Probably won't be the last. And it's not auto-tuned, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway... Speaking about when we were practicing this song, I just was really struck by this concept of um, when love became a refugee, refugee, he became my refuge. When love became a prisoner, he set me free. Um, So I was just thinking, I was like, this concept of love being a prisoner, you know, seeing that term used. um, Obviously, you know, the song itself is talking about that whole phrase, God is love, Jesus is love, and that love has been made a prisoner and put on the cross and all of that. But I do think, much like a lot of what we see in Scripture with the way that Jesus says things, there are more layers. Right. But, like, specifically listening to this song in context of today, specifically in the social justice realm. um, Sorry, that's my dog. He bites himself. Um, (laughs) We have to deal with that all day. Um we i was just brought back by this concept of love being a prisoner because if you if you're a christian um and just on social media today especially if you're a conservative christian it can be very hard to live in the times right now um you know i've seen a lot of twisting of scripture and misusing of biblical concepts to push agendas and never ever 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 should god and scriptures be used to push a political agenda yeah um jesus did not have a stance in politics he said give unto caesar what is caesar's um so basically like you know if the government tells you to do something do it, you know? Um, yeah, and uh, so we talked about this a couple of episodes ago on our episode on whether or not people idolize politics, but again, the gist of it is if you care more about using Scripture to make your political point than you do basing your views on Scripture, then that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, so I, I, but I was listening to this when love became a prisoner, and I was like, man, you know, that's, that's a, a very accurate representation of what I'm seeing today. You know, I just see a lot of people, you know, if you make a statement that doesn't follow, you know, the typical mainstream things nowadays, people are like, well, you're a Christian. The Bible says that you need to love, and that's not very loving. And I'm like, look, if, if you're transgender or if you're gay, you know, you're more than welcome to be that way and I love you no matter what but just because I believe the Bible doesn't support being that way doesn't like just because I disagree with that doesn't mean that I hate yeah you know and I think nowadays disagreement is equivalent to hate and it's not it's just not agreeing with the point of view yeah I think folks have lost sight of what love honestly is that's one of the issues Mm -hmm. because love does not mean oh I'm just going to accept everything that you're doing is completely okay and you know I'm not you know there's nothing about you that needs to change that's actually the very opposite 
of biblical love. Uh, because scripture points out to us, and this really just applies to Christians talking to other Christians more than anything, because I don't think we should really try to impose a biblical standard on people who don't believe the Bible. I think we should lead them to Jesus first. Um, But when we're dealing with other Christians here, it is nothing but loving to express to them that what they're doing is wrong and sinful and they should repent and come before Jesus, because there is nothing better for us in our lives than walking in line and in step with God's will. Right, exactly. Like, let's think back the the earliest example, Adam and Eve. You know, like, God loved Adam. Yeah. You know, the Bible explicitly says that he loved Adam and created Adam, and he made Eve to be his partner, and he loved both of them. Um, But when they sinned... God didn't just say, you don't well, <laughs> you don't look at that instance and go, man, God hates them. No. Like the if you problem, do, you're reading it wrong. yeah. The problem is that when we make mistakes, when we do something that's wrong, like nat- just naturally, even if they're not self-imposed by people, you know, like if you do something stupid and jump off a roof, like mm-hmm. you're gonna probably break a bone because yeah. that's just the natural repercussion that happens when you jump off a roof. Right. And which person loves you more? The person that says, oh, jumping off the roof is what you want to do? Okay, do it. Or the person who will grab you and do everything he can, you know, physically push you away from it to keep you from doing that. Right. And so, and so when we're looking at Adam and Eve, you know, God loved them and they sinned against them. And if God hated them, God would have just snapped his finger and killed them. Like, let's be honest, yeah, true. God very easily could do that. But God was like, no, I love them. And even though they have, t- they turned against me for a minute, you know, here and let me lay out their repercussions, you know, um, you know, they were supposed to have eternal life, but rather than living forever, God's like, okay, well, one day you will have to suffer death. Mm-hmm. Um, along with, you know, up to that point, there was no pain. Um, And so God was like, well, Eve, sorry, but now you're going to suffer pain and childbirth. And it's not like God necessarily gave them those things. Those were the natural consequences of their actions. Right, exactly. Um, And so I think we're living in a society now where, honestly, if you look at everything right now, like we're trying to get rid of the police force, but the police force imposes those natural consequences. We're trying to get rid of... There's something else I always talk about. We're trying to get rid of the consequences of, for example, sexual activity by allowing Allowing people to kill their babies in the womb. Abortion is the politically correct term, but I'd like to use the one that's actually accurate. Um, They... So that's that's just a means of escaping the consequences of our actions. I understand there's some rare exceptions, but in general... Those things are designed to avoid consequences. They don't think anything should be considered quote-unquote wrong, even though some things are very clearly detrimental to you as a person and your soul. Right, and so, you know, unfortunately when we do things that aren't the right thing, we suffer consequences from those things. But, you know, nowadays if you have a different opinion or you think someone deserves to suffer the consequences, they're like, well, you just don't love people. And it's like, no, I love you enough that I want you to learn from this. I love you enough that I want you to turn away from this because what's happening is that everything we see wrong in our society today is the equivalent to sin. Yeah. That's, you know, that, that's what it boils down to. When we, um, like, you know, when when we have these incidences where, 
you know, people are killed by a cop and they're unarmed, okay? Someone has sinned in that situation. Like, and I'm not saying that the person who got shot is the one that sinned, but the cop sinned in that situation. Yeah. And therefore it he could, needs to could, repent and turn. It could go either way, but most yeah. of the time, yeah. Or, you know, the person who wasn't listening to the cop and therefore they didn't follow what they did. Like, do we want anybody to die? No, we don't. But there are natural consequences that follow not walking in obedience and listening to those who are above us, you know? And we and, know that all of our problems in society that exist only exist because of sin, because we get a glimpse in Scripture of what society looks like apart from sin and without sin. And that's where, you know, Adam and Eve had all things in common. They were working together. They were tending to everything. And they needed nothing because everything was provided for them. That's what society looks like without sin. Every other ill that you see in society is a direct result of human sin. Right. Um and so, you know, just in thinking about this t- today, um, there's our racial tensions are really high right now. Yep. You know, and I see, <laughs> I've seen so many people on Facebook who are like, you know, Jesus wasn't white, and it's like, well, duh. <laughs> yeah. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but it's like Jesus didn't let his ministry stop with color. Yeah. You know, and we're bringing so much emphasis to color right now yeah um and let's just be honest there's a lot of talk about you know white privilege right now god would not god does not want us sitting here shaming white people using the term white privilege because that's all we're doing like people are saying white privilege is what happens when the color of your skin doesn't impact how you live your life is what they say but when i'm like can you give me an example of how that works nobody can give me an example of it right so one that's not linked to some other factor that's not skin color um so basically this concept of right white privilege is just a term being used to shame white people into feeling bad because they're white but god made me a white woman right so should i feel shame because of the way god made me right no and no one of any race right that doesn't just apply to white people it's it's everyone everyone is equally created in god's image for a purpose and to sit here and say that somebody's skin color makes them anything less regardless of what race it is is deeply wrong and deeply unloving Right, and Period. then and then that, this, that applies to both the concept of racism and the concept of white privilege. Right, and then we've been sitting here. Then I've seen a lot of people. I, I've seen people on Facebook, like Christians, on I know, openly saying like, "You're ignorant, and you should feel shame because of this." No, if you are a Christian, God does not want us to live in shame. Like, there's a difference between saying, "Man, I've sinned about this." I feel bad about this. Let me return and repent from this. But I don't live in shame the rest of my life once I've turned and repented of this. Right. All, all you're doing, if you're if you're not repenting if you're living in shame. I'm just going to say it flat out. Uh, you know, some people will agree with me. The shame that comes is there to lead you to repentance. If you are still feeling shame for something you have done, it is because you haven't truly repented. Mm-hmm. And you, you could say, well, somebody else is, you know shaming me about this that's not something you have to take seriously if you know you've repented and turned from that right we shouldn't shame each other for our sin regardless but if someone does you know in your heart if you have repented and honestly turned away from that sin and the only reason to feel shame about it is if you haven't done that right and so when people say well you should feel shame about this um no i shouldn't because 
you know, there have been times in my life where I treated somebody differently based on the color of their skin. We all do that. That's, you know, part of sin in our lives is that, at least in our thoughts, we think about people differently. Um, but that's something that I have turned away from and repented from, and I don't need people constantly telling me, no, you haven't done that right, because I understand my relationship with God, and I don't treat people differently based on the color of their skin anymore. Right. Um, and so so back to this Matt Marr song. Um, it was talking about love becoming a prisoner, and, you know, I just, I feel like, as Christians, it love does feel like a prisoner now, because people like to use this concept of, well, you should love everybody against you, um, to try and turn your beliefs, but then the song also talks about how how Jesus was hung between two thieves, yeah. you know, and just in general, we have a lot of people in society demanding things, like, I want this, and I want this, especially if you look at our, um, our celebrities and stuff like that, like, they're constantly like, I want this to happen, and I'm like, well, then go join politics and try to get something done, right. <laughs> you know, but they, they've got this list of things that they want done, and who are we as sinners to demand things? Yeah. I was, <laughs> as, as I was talking to you about earlier, the thieves on the cross, on the crosses next to Jesus, one of them said, look, if you are really God and you are who you say you are, then take us down from this cross. It is right and just that I not be here and you pull me down and then, you know, we unleash whatever it is on these people who've put us up here. And then it was the man on the other side of the cross who said, no, we deserve to be up here. He's done nothing wrong, but we deserve to be up here. We have no right to demand this of him. And Jesus told the one who said that, that he'll be with him in paradise, not the one who said, get me down from here. The guy was acknowledging Jesus' power in that. The guy was acknowledging, I know you can do this, so do it. Or at least saying, if you really are, you know, then do it. He was testing him in that way, I guess. But regardless, he was acknowledging that this is what was said about him, is that he had this power. But it was the person who surrendered to that and understood, as a sinful human being, this is where I deserve to be. It was that person who was saved and in eternity forever with Jesus. And so, fast forward to 2020, we have a lot of folks who say, I am unjustly in this position. And I guess in the sense of the world's justice... You know, where you haven't broken an earthly law or whatever and something happens to you, yes, that's awful. Um, and in terms of worldly justice, sure, we should rectify that. But to act like you deserved anything as mm -hmm. a Christian is baffling because it, it forgets the one thing. We are sinful human beings. We deserve to be dead in the grave and in hell for all of eternity right yes. now. Jesus has given us an opportunity out of that that we can accept from him, but it's nothing that we've done. It's nothing that we deserve. Even after we have claimed that, we can hang on to it and praise God for it, but we still don't deserve it. We still deserve to be in the same place. We, we take God's grace for granted. Yes, we do. And there's, there's a difference between that and living in shame, too, because, you know, shame says, I'm awful, I'm in my sin, I deserve hell, you know, there's no hope for this and I'm still just wallowing away in it versus I can acknowledge the fact that I have been set free from all, from all of that sin that I'm a new creation while still acknowledging the fact that I didn't deserve a single bit of it and I, th I, th I think that's where we lose our touch I think the, the culture in general but I think Christian culture is included in this which is why we're talking about they, they have developed a sense of entitlement of this is how I expect mm -hmm. to be treated no, scripture is pretty clear that the world's going to treat you pretty terribly for being a Christian, if nothing right. else. Yeah, and so so I challenge you, um, if you are posting anything political on your Facebook, God's name should not be attached to that ever, yeah. because God doesn't 
fall powerless at our worldly politics here. Yeah. God is above our politics. Um, so don't don't use God. Don't use Jesus to push your agenda, right. your political agenda. And then a lot of people get upset because I refer anything going on in society right now. I refer to it as political because unfortunately, and you 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 are more than welcome to disagree with me on this, but everything we do is political. You should want if you're trying to make change in your society. You know, a lot of people are like, oh well, this movement is a it's a humanity thing. It's a it's a um civil rights and like people's rights it's not a political thing well if you believe that people's rights are being denied you should want this to be political because the only way in our here on in america we get anything done is by passing policy yeah to make a change yeah all the protests in the 60s for civil rights and all of that you know, those those were all, the peaceful ones at least, were all really good. They were, you know, a good way to get the word out in the culture. But nothing changed until it got to Washington and the politicians drafted up the Civil Rights Act. Yes. That has been how it has been for all of human history. Mm-hmm. And so when people say it's not political, you're saying you don't want these You don't want it to actually to change. Involved. But the reason, the reason it's political right now is because and i'm not even talking about political in terms of washington political i'm just talking about divisive and you know split down party lines so tightly the reason this issue is split that way is because one side is telling folks we're being oppressed while the other side just doesn't see it uh one side is telling people you know we're experiencing all these horrible things while another side is saying you know i i'm, I'm looking at things at the in the big picture and it's not there and so there's got to be an actual conversation here. And I think both sides of the conversation could do better about that. About right. actually discussing instead of immediately and jumping to, uh, oh, you're just racist and refuse to see this stuff. Oh, right. you're just trying to claim more power than you already have. It's Yeah, and, and if, if we're speaking from a biblical perspective, um, like let's – things haven't always been equal even back in biblical times you yeah. know if things were fair and equal jesus wouldn't have died on the cross right there would have been a different way without jesus's death um think about the jews yeah. i mean how long were they oppressed and enslaved throughout history and even in today's society Jews are still frowned upon by yeah. people. And those were go originally God's only cho chosen people until Jesus made the way for us too. Yeah. And the it's scripture is very clear that as we move further and further throughout history, the world will call the good things evil and the evil things good. That's just how the world mm. works. So if you know, if you if you believe what you want to believe, but you better make sure you're basing those beliefs on what's actually biblical and not just what on the culture is telling you, because right. the culture is going to tell you the opposite of what is true more often than not. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just I just really think as a Christian, this is a time that you really need to sit down. It's very crucial to open your Bible up and, you know, people always talk about how everything you look at, um, you need to compare to Scripture. Um, everything needs to be brought to scripture. Everything needs to be compared to scripture. Um, you know, it needs to line up with scripture as Christians. You sh as Christians, we should not support anything that does not 100% line up with scripture. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, back to that, the concept of the song we were talking about, you know, Jesus, Jesus didn't say like, I'm too good to be between these two thieves. No, he did not. Um, you know, Jesus did, Jesus, there are a lot of things Jesus could have said, Yeah. you know, but Jesus went with it. Jesus lived yeah. his life. We just talked about in the small group last week, how Jesus was literally given an opportunity by Pilate to say, you know, this is this, I, I'm completely innocent here. This, you know, there, he was given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity not to go through that for us. And he still did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say one more thing on this point. Um, it's a point that Brent Hansen brought up the other day on his radio show. And I, I just think it speaks so much what is to his radio show we're talking if about. Wants to listen to it? If you want to listen to it in podcast form, it's called the Brant and Sherry Oddcast. I know it's on Spotify. It's probably everywhere you can get your podcasts. Um, he's really funny. He's great. I've listened to him for years. But one thing he said the other day, he said that our culture right now, our, our, our mainstream Christian culture, it's all about, you know, a lot of the things that they say, a lot of the things that we've been talking about today. You know, they say it's because, you know, we have to love our neighbor. Jesus said that's the most important thing is we have to love our neighbor. No, that's not what he said. When he was asked what is the most important command, he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength. And then underneath that, a second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, we are called to love our neighbor. We are called to love the people around us. But above that, we are called to love and honor God. So therefore, if the way that you think you are loving your neighbor properly is not honoring and loving to God, you should change the way you think about loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. period. Um, yeah. And if, if your idea of loving one of your neighbors is casting down a different one or making them feel shame or making them feel a guilt that they don't necessarily deserve to feel. Or saying they're stupid or ignorant or calling them names. Any of that. Anything that our culture thinks that they're doing right now in the name of educating people on social justice. It's all backwards. It's not honoring to God. It's not. When it can, and and honestly, if you have an issue with this, like email us. Panoplyaworship at gmail.com. Let us know in where in the Bible Jesus or God shamed someone. Yeah. Or insulted someone. Right. Just and I'm not I'm not talking about when Jesus called out the Pharisees because that's a different story and everything that he said was strictly rooted in Scripture. Right. I'm talking about. You know, we're talking about here where somebody deliberately shames or casts down someone for the sake of making them feel shame and cast down. Right. If you if you're if you're having a discussion with someone and it turns a little heated, it should never get to the point where it's like, well, you know what, you're just stupid. Right. Because you're completely losing sight of the argument and just attacking someone's being. Or the or the nice version of that, you're just ignorant. Yeah. Um, which is actually a logical fallacy called the appeal to ridicule, so you really shouldn't even use that. What is the appeal not... to ridicule cue? The appeal to ridicule means that instead of actually making an argument against what they're saying with facts and defending it with reason, you're simply just saying, oh, this is just ridiculous. Why would I waste my time on it? That's not an argument. Um, nor is it a reason that you should feel better than somebody else. It's just an, it's just an escape route. Yeah. Um, so I know this is a lot, um, it's kind of all over the place and (laughs) it's not our normal line, but this is just something that's been on our heart for weeks now. We've been trying to make sense of everything. Um, and honestly, if you're a follower of God, like if you feel the slightest bit of push in your spirit that 
what you're seeing or hearing or doing doesn't sit well with you, find out why and turn away from it. Yeah, reflect on that. Um, you, if you don't agree with society, that doesn't make you a bad person. It's actually you know, a pretty good indicator it, that you're going in the right direction. Yeah, and and, and I mean, read Revelation. I, I've read Revelations. It makes no sense to me most of the time, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. It's really hard. But something that's very clear in there is that when we're in the final, which I, I don't believe that we're going through revelations right now. I know a lot of people do. And I, if don't, you, I don't see the evidence. If you do, myself. that's fine. I'm, I'm not really on that. But I do think a lot of times when we're going through a lot of turmoil on our, on our earth, that is kind of, you can glance at that for some guidance through it. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, we're going to have that choice to say we stand by God or we don't. And we're going to have that option to um, turn away from God forever you know, and so if you're letting what other people say, what society says and what social justice is telling you to do, if you're letting that turn you away from God now, what are you going to do in the end times when you have to make that choice? Right. You know, things other people say shouldn't make you turn away. Right. And so if we break this down, the whole point of this is we need to stop imprisoning love into our own little box of an idea of what love looks like and start actually looking to God's word to see how we're supposed to love each other. Mm-hmm. That's this, that kind of the gist of where your mind is. Yeah, goes. absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, you know, if you're, if you're sitting here going, man, where should I go from here? I strongly encourage you to maybe look up two things that could be really beneficial at this point. Number one, look up the different types of love mm-hmm. in the Bible. You've got your agape love, your eros love, your um, can you think of the other ones? There, there are quite a few. I don't off the top of my head, no. But okay, if we've those... studied them, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are a few different ones. Just and, I, and none of them involve shaming other people to love somebody else. Yeah. yeah. So all you have to do is just Google types types of love, um, and those should pop up and. Um, research the different variations of them um, because there's a love that only God has for us that we can't even begin to extend to others. True. That's my dog scratching. <laughs> um, and then I also rec- I also recommend looking up the different names of God. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jehovah Jireh and the Jehovah Nisi. And- yeah, and, you know, just really understand the depth of God because um, a lot of times... You know, we said this, but we put God in a box, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, God loves you and yes, God extends you grace. But yes, that same God that loves you and extends you grace is also the same God that showed wrath, wrath on cities in the Bible and destroyed them with a snap of his finger. Yeah, there, are, there it's funny because there's a song that I used to hear all the time back when I worked for Watchman Broadcasting that, you know, supposedly sang through all the name of God, names of God. But they just focused on the nice ones, you know, like Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider, and you know all the all the kind ones. They did they they you know didn't mention you know the God who would destroy his enemies with the snaps of his fingers, or right? Like that, you know. But it, but it's very important to know all of those things because yes, God is a good, kind God, but God also is a righteous God. Yep. And he is he is he is the righteous ones alone, and I think that's another thing that gets lost too. We are not righteous; mm-hmm. we have no right to pass righteous judgment on others whom we're no better than. Right. Which is something else that I've seen a lot of. 
you know, people think, oh, because I'm not judging somebody for being gay just for being racist, it's okay. No. Mm-hmm. You are not the judge. Yeah, and one of my, and just a side note, one of my, uh, you know, on the topic of racism, um, one of the political people that I follow made a really good point and said, okay, if you're making a comment and using white in it, let's take that and put a different race there. And if you feel like it's racist, if you put a different race there, then it is racist. Um, so just yeah. just a good way to, to make an assessment of whether things are racist or not. Yeah. So... Thanks for tuning in, and yeah. promise we'll try to be a little more <laughs> lighthearted <laughs> yeah, ne- after this. Next time, we'll probably just do a fun Bible topic yeah. to wind down from this. If you have any recommendations, shoot them our way. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Again, panoplyaworship at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at panoplyaworship. We don't post on it a lot, but mm-hmm. it's there. Um, also, be on the lookout for some music. Uh, if you go to panoplyaworship.bandcamp.com, right now you can actually pre-order the ep strive there's eight songs on it we're really happy with the way that it's all turned out and if you pre-order you can go ahead and get access to one of the songs it's called worthy it's my favorite song i've ever written um so you can go ahead and get that on Bandcamp. all of the proceeds we, we did a name your own price starting at five dollars because all the proceeds are going to go towards not even all the proceeds just every dollar that comes in through that is going to go towards a missions project in France that we'd love to tell you about some more later. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, just um, yeah, just to give you an idea of but that. But we're, we're going to be using the proceeds to equip a friend. It's not for yeah. us, it's for... Yeah, it's, it's not just like one of those giant missions companies that we're just pouring money into either. There was a specific person doing a specific mission in France that we hope to tell you about. Um, and also September 18th, I believe... Uh, Worthy by itself will be available on Spotify and Apple Music and stuff like that. We didn't want to put the whole album out there because we wanted to make sure that everybody had the chance to give what they wanted to and not just stream it and do a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But the rest of the album will be available on Bandcamp October 2nd and available for pre-order now. Yeah, um, and then you know, once our friend kind of goes off to her mission, we'll probably make the whole album accessible on Spotify Music. Um, but we really strongly want to raise as much money for her as we can right now absolutely yeah so if anyone brings complaints about that uh that's why we're doing it Um, i'm probably going to at some point post instructions on how to load that stuff into your other stuff so you can still mix it in um but it is all going towards a very good cause um so we're excited about that uh in the meantime this has been the living in truth podcast with panoplia and we hope to see you all again bye